hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the JM special where I love to talk about Magic the Gathering, Warhammer 40k, Dungeons and Dragons, and other aspects of my nerdy life. My name is John, and I'll be your host today for this episode of Magic the Gathering content, where we're going to delve into the color of green for Magic the Gathering. This is the final color of my Color Pie series, and uh, I'm very excited to kind of talk about it because I think it's a great color for a lot of people to get started off in, and it's a great color for budget players too. So strap in, let's jump in, and talk about green. So when you think of the color of green for Magic the Gathering, what you need to think of is literally nature. The actual emblem for the color of green is a tree. So that's pretty easy, pretty straightforward and self-explanatory. But it goes a little bit more than that. When it comes to nature, it's nature in the sense of grass and flowers and trees, but it's also nature in the sense of your nature innately. Um, the beast that comes out. And a lot of times you'll see different creatures like beasts, like Baloths, like giant, I mean, sometimes you'll see dragons, but like boars and bears. I mean, bears are the most common uh, green types out there, and there's even a card type named after them. So when you're thinking about green, think of the nature versus nurture side of things. Think of nature of you're going with your primal urges, essentially. That's kind of where green, a lot of times, you'll find it. Uh, rather than using tools, they're going to use their own bare hands or claws to actually destroy things. A lot of the times, green is pretty overly represented with the creature subtype. Creatures are huge for green, and if you want to be the guy that hoards along a ton of different special animals, well then guess what? Green is probably your best color to go with. As far as the creatures you might find in green, there is a huge plethora and swath of specific creatures. Uh, my friend Alex loves squirrels. You're going to find squirrels in green. Pretty much the entirety of the squirrel population are out there. Now, a squirrels deck, even if you're building a kind of a budget version and trying to make it as somewhat viable as possible, you're going to be spending a few hundred dollars on it easily, uh, especially since some of those cards are out of reprint. But more commonly, you'll find the beast subtype within the green color pie. Bears are another common thing you're going to find, too. There is a bear tribal deck. And historically, when you hear somebody say that you are playing a bear, which, you know, it, it could be a bear of all kinds of different colors, what they're meaning is that you're playing a creature with two power and two toughness, and they cost two mana. It's a 2-2 two, two for two. Where that came from was actually Runeclaw Bear and um, some of the other different bears that you'll find in the color of green, because they are literally two twos for two. Usually they don't have any other effect or ability, they're just an efficiently costed creature. Uh, you play two mana, you get a two two, it's on the battlefield, pretty decent. Um, and in the past, that's how green really functioned. That's where its strength came from. Back in the olden days of magic, um, it was a lot harder to get a two two for two in the color of white, or in black, or red. Um, a lot of times when you're paying that two mana, you're either getting a different kind of ability and a weaker creature, or just a weaker creature in general. Um, just to try and balance out the color pie in general. Uh, green is great though for the simple fact that, you know, outside of the bears, they also have elves. If you love elves, they're primarily wood elves, but elves are in play in magic in green. Like the rest of the tribes, these different elves, they have tapped into some different colors of mana, so it's easy for you to splash them into different decks, but for the most part, your elves are going to be green. Um, 
and they work really well. There's uh, Azuri, the renegade leader. He is known for a lot of what's called elf ball strategies. It's where effectively you take a bunch of elves and you treat them like a snowball. And the more you have in play, they just keep piling up, piling up, getting bigger, bigger, bigger until you wipe your opponent off the board. Thanks to different spells and abilities. This is similar almost to like the white weenie strategy I talked about for white, uh, but this is specifically for green and elves. As I mentioned, the, the much larger creatures, they're usually your beasts. Um, I mean, you can also find dinosaurs in green. You can find dinosaurs in different colors too, but dinosaurs in green, and you can find all kinds of different uh, creatures or abilities that stem where it focuses mainly on either having a bunch of the same kind out there or just having big burly creatures on the battlefield. The removal you'll find in green, oftentimes there's two different kinds. First of all, green does not like artifacts and enchantments. Remember when I was talking about being all natural? Um, that is green's kind of thought. Uh, artifacts to green is artificial. Makes sense. The artifacts are artificial. Enchantments are the same thing. They all warp the nature of what they are. When you see enchantment auras onto a creature, green perceives that as, oh, you are warping the nature of that very thing. Now, they are a little bit of kind of hypocrites because they have green enchantment auras. They have green... Um, they have green artifacts nowadays, but you know, green has historically been really good at getting rid of artifacts and enchantments. A lot of times it's depicted an art of, you know, nature retaking it, uh, cards like naturalize. I love that because there's different cards of dinosaurs stomping on swords and armor. There's other times where you can find art showing that, um, different stems and branches are now growing and overtaking a fallen soldier on battle. You know, that is kind of green's forte when it comes to destroying those things just outright that is kind of their jam that's their bread and butter the other thing that they're known for is using their creatures to actually get rid of other creatures and this isn't just in the attack phase but it's also using cards like prey upon or rabid bite where you choose your creature and hopefully you're choosing either a creature that has like death touch or a creature that is just so stinking huge and then you force your opponent's other creature to fight them so, like, if you have a 6-6 six, six Colossus Dreadmaw, or Colossal Dreadmaw on the table, so 6-6 six, six for 6, big dino, um, you can choose to say, all right, I'm going to pay this one green mana to play the spell Prey Upon, I'm going to choose my Dreadmaw, and then I'm going to choose your little vampire over here. Or, let's just use Hedron Crab, because that's something I'm pretty familiar with. Hedron Crab, it's a 0-2, so you usually are probably not going to block with this thing, especially against a 6-6. Six, six. The whole reason you play Hedron Crab in your deck for mill is you want to play lands and have it just sit there and take cards from the top of your opponent's library and put them into the graveyard. So you don't necessarily want to lose it. This is where green can essentially force your opponents to get into combat with you and you can win out. Now, sometimes you'll use your power, other times you'll use your toughness. It's really up to the specific card and set you're looking to play with there. Um, but just read the card because reading the card explains the card and it's gonna help you put it in the decks where you need it to be. Um, if you need to play more creatures that have larger toughness for that specific card that uses the toughness as removal, then do so. And if it's the other way around, then do that. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, yeah, green, in my opinion, is the best supporting color in all of Magic. And I think you probably saw this theme flowing throughout the rest of my Color Pie series that I've done here. But green is great at supporting white um, and the token strategies. It's great at supporting blue with the plus one, plus one counter strategies. Um, also the balance and removal side of things. Um, green's great at also supporting black with graveyard strategies, the whole life and death cycle. It's good at bringing out big creatures to then bring back from the graveyard. Um, red and green are really good together as far as just being a big, dumb, 
beet stick aggro kind of thing. And that's something where you're going to find that across the board with green is it's pretty good by itself, but it's really good if you like to splash some other flavors in there. It's almost like you're a chef. You may really love the taste of almonds, but adding almonds to another dish to kind of really help out with the, uh, the, the taste overall or maybe the crunch of it is really good. And that's how I equate um, green to a lot of the other colors. It can stand on its own two feet as a great just individual color, but it is really good at supplementing the others. Now let's dive into some of the common themes you're going to find reprinted in green across all the different sets. And hopefully this will help you make pretty easy budget deck decisions for yourself, be it for the commander format or other formats as well. So now that we have the common creatures and themes that you're going to find in the color of green, um, let's talk about just the overall themes and some of the things you're going to find that are budget from set to set that you're going to be able to say, hey, I can build a theme or I'm going to build an idea around this. Make it easier for you to start off with like budget commander decks or help you start off with just a budget casual 60 card deck or heck, even a budget modern deck. I hinted at this originally, but um, something to look at is just making a big dumb creatures deck. This is really great. There's a deck called Stompy in the modern format, and it's in a few other formats too. And this was one of the first decks that I built for myself. Uh, except mine was a blue, white, and green Bant Stompy deck from uh, Shadows of Innerstrad. And man, I really love that thing. But um, that's something where you can build a deck where you're just focused on putting a bunch of big, dumb creatures in the battlefield and either using spells to protect them or spells to help them deal even more damage. A lot of the times, the focus that they're going to do with a Stompy deck is they're going to put creatures on the battlefield, um, and they're going to try to get them on the battlefield as fast as possible. Something that Green is really good at that I've hinted at to is Ramp, which allows you to put either creatures in play that generate mana, or they're going to be able to play a spell that will allow you to put extra lands on the play. So on turn one, if you play a spell like Atlantamore Elves, that allows you to then have three mana on turn two, provided you play two lands total. Same concept with the uh, the card Explore. If you're on turn two and you play Explore and you have another land in your hand, well, once turn four comes around, now you're going to have like, all right, yeah, once you have turn, turn three comes around, you'll have four lands instead of three lands on turn three. So you'll be able to get bigger creatures out faster than your opponent will be able to play their bigger creatures and spells. It's always advantageous to say, listen, my five mana spell against your three mana spell is going to work out much better. You can play it just mono green if you want to, where you're only using forests and you're only green, green creatures or artifact creatures or whatever, but for the most part, um, you can also splash in other colors too. I built a green-white angels deck uh, there for a while where I was using cards like Llanowar Elves and Explore to allow me to kind of add extra mana to the battlefield and get out giant Sarah angels out pretty easily. Um, a turn five angel on turn four, pretty good. Or even turn turn three if you're really that mana hungry. If you're playing a lot of Atlanta or else, it's very possible that you can have that much mana and play your creature. It's not always going to work that way, but when you are designing the deck, keep that in mind. And that can be a pretty good way to go for it. Um, the other thing with Stompy decks is that combat damage. Red-Green is another great deck. If you just want to be primal and just go hard that's that's something you can do um that is called gruel it's the red and green clan from the uh, ravnica sets anarchy for days is kind of how they go with it and kind of um 
you know, werewolf decks, they, they inhibit this pretty well. It's kind of being like a stompy tribal deck. Um, and then, yeah, just gruel decks in general. A lot of times what you might see is you play a big creature in the battlefield that has really good strength. Uh, might have decent toughness, but the main thing you're looking at is that strength. And by using that strength, you're able to then use things like double strike inhibitors. Double strike is a great way to go too when you are playing with um, creatures. So like double strike gives you first strike and then normal damage. So it's effectively you're doubling whatever you're dealing. So um, yeah, I mean, you go through, you play a six, six giant creature. You then give it double strike. Now you're dealing 12 damage instead of six damage, all with a measly little spell. So yeah, a big dumb creatures deck with green, pretty great place to go. Um, really easy to build because green is really good about just making pretty effectively costed big green creatures. Um, Spiked Bayloth was one that I started off early in my magic history. I had bought a, I bought a bulk box, which you're, some LGSs, they sell in the local gaming stores, uh, but not all of them do. But the one I had played at did. And I got like 500 cards for like five or 10 bucks because they didn't want to sort it. It was all commons and it was something they just, commons and uncommons that nobody was wanting to play with. And so... I decided, you know, I'm going to pick this thing up, and I actually did a draft set out of it, but I still had a bunch of extra leftover cards to uh, to play with, and so Spike Bailoff was one of them. For four mana, man, I was able to get a 4-2 creature on the battlefield, and I felt pretty cool. It's a 4-2 Trampler. Pair that up with cards that gave you uh, double strike, man, you were able to easily destroy your opponent's creature with inside of the chump block, but then deal some extra damage getting it through, and... I, I really enjoyed cards like that. Um, you know, look for those things when you are playing with the big green dumb creature deck. Some of those cards, they may have weaker toughness. So you want to find ways to support that or find cards to help you buff them up and make them even stronger. A deck that I have currently is a heroic deck. Um, for those of you that don't know what heroic keyword is, heroic allows you to, um, when you target a creature with a spell or ability or a card, then um, you get to put two plus one plus four. You get to do something. The one I'm thinking of is to task an O-Sword. It costs two green mana, one of the other color. You put it on the battlefield. It is a one-one satyr creature. The thing sucks by itself. But when you pair it up with another card that maybe costs like one mana, like Prey Upon, it has a heroic ability. You choose your target creature. It targets it, triggering heroic. It then gets plus two counters. So plus two, plus two, now you got a three-three creature. If you put an enchantment on it, you are technically targeting it and making it the heroic trigger, making it a plus two plus two. So you can put it out for three mana and then put out another spell um, that would equip itself to it like an enchantment aura. And then now you've made it even stronger, giving it plus two plus two counters and whatever effect that aura had on it. Whether that, if, whether that aura gave it more power or if it gave it indestructible or double strike or whatever, you've just made your creature even stronger. So that's another way to look at the big dumb creatures pack if that's where you want to go. Ramp decks are another common way to go through it. It's similar to the big dumb creatures, but it can also be used for big dumb spells too. Um, if you're able to put more lands into play, put more special lands into the play, you're going to have a much better time at actually playing your giant spells. Spells like Fireball. Um, think of the two as pretty much equate them to each other. Big, big Dumb Creatures plays well with, with Ramp, and Ramp plays good with Big Dumb Creatures and Big Dumb Spells. And that's where I think green is one of the best and most effective supporting colors of magic is because it does, one of the best things in there is ramping decks. But it also works in so many different facets because it works great with the go wide strategy, and it works great with the go tall strategy. When it's going tall, you're 
buffing up big creatures or you're buffing up a small creature to be even bigger to be able to take on your opponent. There are some green spells that allow you to give plus one plus one to your creatures for how many forests you control. And man, if you're if you have like seven forests on the battlefield and you play three mana for this spell, target your creature. You just added 7-7 seven, seven to your creature. If it's a double striker, man, you've just killed your opponent pretty much. In most cases, not always. But that's that's one way to look at it when you are playing the game. For me, I have, I've never played a mono green um, commander deck, but I did play a mono green Oathbreaker deck, and that was Nyssa, Voice of Zendikar. And this is where the other theme goes great, the go wide strategy. Remember that white weenie strategy I was talking about for the color of white? Well, it works great in green. That's why they work so well as the Celestia group. Celestia is all about making a bunch of tokens, having a bunch of bodies on the field, and having giant armies. It's probably why I resonated so well with them. But um, yeah, Nissa voices Indicar. She creates 0-1 sapling tokens when you use her uptick loyalty ability. She also has a downtick loyalty ability, which puts plus one, plus one counter on all of your creatures on your side of the board. Um... It's either that or it's all saplings. But regardless, it's I think it's all creatures on your set's board. You get to get plus one, plus one. And then her last ability, I don't necessarily really use, but it, it's powerful. It's It could be game-winning, depending on how you're playing with it. But that was my mono green Nissa deck that I used for Oathbreaker. And my whole focus with it was I was just going to generate a ton of tokens. I was bringing out saplings. I was bringing out all kinds of different spells that made saplings from across the sets. Um, and I just, I buffed them up. I used things like Overwhelming Stamp. I use things like um, Overrun, um, some different charge effects and stuff, and um, Echoing, I think it's Echoing Courage, which is like two mana to give plus two, plus two to all of your creatures that are the same name card. And here's the fun fact, tokens, they all have the same name. So if I have 20 Sapperling tokens that are zero ones and I give them all plus two, well, I've just got 40 damage swinging in at you. All for two mana, which is pretty decently. Um, so look at that route. I would say if you're playing green, you're going to probably want to be ramping just about any time you want to. Uh, playing more lands is going to be better for you. Playing more mana dorks like Land of War Elves, Birds of Paradise, Mystic, or Elvish Mystic, etc., etc., that's going to benefit you whatever deck you decide to play. Whether the green is your supporting color or green is your main color, that's going to help you in the long run when you're playing green. But if you're just building a casual deck, maybe look at the Big Dumb Creature deck or go look at the Go Wide Build a Bunch of Token deck if you really wanted to. Either way, you're going to probably find a lot of different cards from a bunch of different sets. I do want to leave you with this one. Green also is great with Squirrel Tokens. My buddy, he, uh, as you probably know, Alex, the common, common listener and contributor to this station, he plays, um, plays a lot of games under the moniker of Silent Squirrel. And... My goal, my hope is one of these days, maybe we'll build him a squirrel deck that he can play and still go by Silent Squirrel, and, and that'd be just kind of cool, I think. But um, that's something that, again, that's another example of the go-wide bunch of token strategies, because there are Deranged Hermit, which makes squirrel tokens, and there are certain lands that create squirrels, and there's different cards that, again, make squirrels. And so you pair that up with a bunch of cards like Echo Encourage, and you just, you buffed up a bunch of different squirrels. And I think the new Modern Horizons, some of the spoils I've been seeing, they are also making different squirrel token focused decks. So this might be a very good four way to jump into that. So yeah, that's, that's kind of green. Those are the themes. Those are some of the things I would look across if you're building a casual deck or a commander deck. Um, just look at those overarching themes for green cross set from set. And you might be really surprised on what you find. 
One other thing I would talk about for the big dumb creatures is I would try to find ways that have protection in it. Hexproof is a great way to protect your big dumb creatures. Because if you're playing spells like enchantment auras or playing other spells that just make them even bigger, you want to try and put something like hexproof on them so that way they're not targetable um, for your opponent's spells. Because if I play a path to exile, well, it doesn't matter how big your creature is, they're, I'm getting rid of them. But if you play a, a creature that's hexproof, I'm not allowed to target that creature with my path to exile and get rid of them. So, yeah, that's that's kind of how um, how you might want to be looking at your big green dumb creature decks. But, and I mean, not just in green, but any format really. But those are just some of the different ideas I had for budget green themes. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, or you want to hear more about the color pie or more magic content, you know, I really enjoy doing this color wheel series, and hopefully you guys enjoy it just as much as I enjoyed making it. Hit me up at the jhamspecial at gmail.com, which is the official email for this station. Otherwise, you can also find me on Twitter at the JM Special, which is the official Twitter for the uh, for the station. And you can find me just about every profile, um, gaming platform, social media out there at the Real JM. If you want to hit me up over there, so thank you guys, and until the next time, we'll see you on the next Magic Monday. Bye.